0: And we are back! Happy Truck and Hustle Tuesday, y'all, Hustle Fam. What's good? What's good? Um, yo, we got a dope show for y'all today. Um, before we get into it, I want to first um, thank everybody who t- who um, who took the time last week to fill out the the questionnaire, the three minute um, questionnaire. Um, you know that i that i put out there you know i basically wanted to kind of survey everybody um ask some questions get some feedback about you know how y'all feel about the show what we can do to improve the show improve the experience add value to the show and i got so much feedback so much great responses um and it really really helped a lot man so thank y'all um if you didn't get a chance to fill it out it's not too late you can go to the link on my instagram bio Um, The first the first link in the link tree, it says hustle fam survey. Click it, fill it out. Um, You know, your feedback is definitely appreciated. Um, You know, next um, I want to, you know, damn, give a a, a rest in peace, man. Chadwick Bosman. um, Sad, sad, sad loss. um, This 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 uh, this weekend, man. Crazy, crazy news, man. Brothers so young. Um, you know, fighting cancer for four years. But yo, yo, talk about grit. Talk about purpose. Talk about just having some fight in you, man. His brother was battling in the fight of his life for the last four years and still was out there working, inspiring people. And man, was tight lipped about it, sucked it up, did what he had to do. And just, man, it's amazing, man. It's like, it's just a testament to, like, there's no excuse, man. There's no excuse. If you want it, you got to go get it, man. You know, and that brother, you know, did more in four years than, you know, most of us are ever, ever have a chance or, or um, you know, even work to accomplish in a lifetime. So rest in peace to that brother. Um, you know, this was also the second year anniversary of my brother's passing. Um, rest in peace to Big Bamboo. And um, you know, we gonna keep holding it down for y'all down here, man. All right. So listen, today we have a super dope show for y'all, man. Got my brother Susani Brooklyn, New York native. Um, he's doing something really, really dope, man. He's a tech entrepreneur. He actually um had a he he this is a second company. He's not new to this, he's true to this. Second company. Um, he had a, a company called We Did It. Um, you know, he did venture capital, raised like sixty million dollars, sold the company, exited, and this is the second time around with with um Dollar Rod. And basically what he's doing, you know, being a true New Yorker he is, he's um, you know, for anybody who's not familiar with the dollar vans, basically, you know, um and, and in a lot of metrop metro, metropolitan metropolitan areas like New York, you'll see the dollar vans you know, these guys, you know, they'll pick you up and, you know, they're small commuter vans that'll take multiple people, you know, where they need to go. You know, usually like a predetermined route or whatever the case may be, you know, but they've been around forever, you know, since like, you know, I can remember like in the 80s, like, you know, when I was younger, like hopping on dollar vans, going to the mall and all that, you know, so when I saw it, you know, I I haven't been in New York in a while. I'm in the suburbs now. Um, But when I saw it, just brought back memories. I was like, yo, he's rocking with the dollar van. So it's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, basically, he's creating a network for dollar vans. Right. So um, this is an opportunity for number one dollar van operators to be able to. Expand their network and expand their opportunity. Right, put more money in their pocket because now they have um, more options, more routes, more opportunity to 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 pick more people up in these areas where there's no transportation. And then it also gives people on the other side transportation. Right, so this is the alternative, um, you know, to the Ubers and 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 the lifts. And the taxis, you know, that are more expensive, this is a more affordable a more affordable way to travel, you know, it costs a dollar to two dollars to jump on a dollar van and get where you got to get. So this brother is using technology to unify, um, you know, the dollar van community, you know, throughout the U.S. He's starting in New York City. He has 200 plus dollar vans there now. And he's going to be moving out into some other areas, which we'll get into the, you know, get into the specifics on the show. But really dope, man. Um Love to see when brothers are doing things like this, just innovative and just, you know, using their imagination to create new new opportunities and just new businesses. So y'all gonna really um enjoy it. Dope, dope, dope entrepreneur. Um, I, I definitely suggest y'all check him out after the show. Um, reach out to him, connect with them. Um, you won't be disappointed. So um, so yeah, man, let's get into the show. Um, damn, I haven't done this in a while, man, but I'm 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 feeling it today. Um, You know, put your ears on. And if you smell something burning, it's only your desire. <laughs> All right, let's go. What's up, y'all? This is Romel Watley. And welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
1: You know, you can find dollar vans or jitneys or some form of this mass informal transit in Jersey City, Baltimore, Chicago, LA, Houston, you know, I, I, my theory is that anywhere where there's a hood and there's a, a population of people who are also immigrants, you're probably going to find some semblance of, of informal transit. Turn my mic
0: up. Where are you take are there. You? Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends will come foes and snitches. Better watch your nose in your business. All right, dope. So let's get into it. Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, welcome back to another show. Um, today we have, a, we have a really, really, really dope show for y'all. Um, let me make sure I'm pronouncing your name right. It's Sue, right? Yep, Sue. Sue, Sani?
1: Sani. Sani. All right, so yeah. where,
0: where, where does Sani, where does that name originate from?
1: So Sani is Nigerian. Okay. Uh, so my family and I were Nigerians. Uh, my parents immigrated to New York in the 1970s, Okay. Then my sisters and I, we were all born here. Dope, dope, dope. So CEO and
0: um, founder of Dollar Ride. Right. Um, Now, Dollar Ride is dope. When I came across Dollar Ride, it it, it brought me back to, you know, my early days in Brooklyn, um, you know, going to uh, King's Plaza. You, would, all, you would always see the dollar vans out there, right? And it was all about know. dollar vans that everywhere, right? And and a lot of times it's like West Indian guys or Jamaicans or whatever, they got the dollar vans. And that was the big thing. You know, so when I saw a dollar ride, I said, oh, that's dope. Like, you know, we bringing the dollar vans back. You know what I'm saying? For so sure, uh, sure. I was really interested in your story. Um, you know, when I looked deeper into it, you know what I'm saying? I saw your brother look like myself. You know, so I really wanted to, to kind of get to know you, get to know your entrepreneurial journey and just learn
1: more about Dollar Ride. So, Sue, welcome to Truck and Hustle, brother. Ramel, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate the time and looking forward to getting into it. For sure. For
0: sure. All right. So let's get into it, man. Let's start with the origin story, man. Talk about a little bit where you're from, um, a little bit how you got to where you're at today.
1: No doubt. So um, I'm, uh, you know, born and born and raised in Brooklyn, New York um like i said earlier you know come from a, a immigrant background my family's nigerian and um you know like like all of us you know they came here to pursue the american dream and you know for me and my and my siblings that really just meant living in a really strict household <laughs> where like education was number one and you know doing what we could to to create a better life was was exactly what we were focused on um you know, so I, you know, growing up in New York, I eventually, um, how can I say, like, you know, I lived in East New York, Brooklyn, and in East New York, one of my first experiences with public transportation that shaped my mind on how um, inaccessible it is, was when at seven years old, I had to uh, walk to school or, or find my way to school by myself for the first time. Right. Before then, I was usually going to school with my older sister who was seven years older, but she eventually had to go. She was ended up going to uh, high school and now she had a different commute and a different time that she was leaving the home. Um, So I and my younger sister, we had to now go to school by ourselves. And I remember um, waking up at like six in the morning and having to walk to the nearest subway and that be 25, 30 minutes away. Wow, And I just hated that commute. (laughs) You know, you're only seven years old, you're a kid, it's seven o'clock in the morning, seven thirty in the morning, so oftentimes in the winter it's dark. Right. And East New York was not a joke back in the 1990s. That's that's a fact. (laughs) You know, so I hated my commute. I always just thought this was like the worst thing in the world. And um, I knew that other people, you know, living in other areas of New York didn't have to go through the same thing. So that's when I first started realizing that, like, not everybody has equitable or equitable access to transportation and, and had the freedom to roam about their, their neighborhood or their borough, um, unlike I did. Um, but, you know, I think my, I don't know, I can, I, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth a little bit, but like my whole journey through entrepreneurship, um, you know, culminated with me learning more about dollar vans and the history behind them. Um, I eventually un- uh, uncovered that I had two uncles who were Dollar Van drivers back in the '80s, and they um, basically schooled me to the game when I when I approached them um, and 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 asked them about uh, you know what was their their history and their, um, their 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 bringing their upbringings into the Dollar Van industry. Right. Um, so we, we, we can get more into that later. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Let, let, let's get into yeah. it because I, I think there's not a lot of people who listen to this show that may be even familiar with dollar vans or the dollar van concept. So I definitely yep. want to get into this. And it's dope because it's, it's like the inception of this business was like you said, seven years old. You're already thinking about transportation and the fact that everybody doesn't have the same um, privileges or the same access to transportation. Right. So right. talk about what dollar vans are just so just to bring everybody up to speed so everybody knows what a dollar van is. Um, just to t- talk about that business model a little a little bit.
1: Absolutely. So dollar vans are a uh, they're a private network of drivers who have their own vehicles and they pick up and drop off passengers along fixed routes for what used to be a dollar, but what now is on average two dollars. Um, but around the neighborhoods, you know around New York City, we still refer to them as dollar vans. And you know they've been around for over thirty years they've, uh, I always say they bridge the gaps left by our public transit system. So in areas of Brooklyn and in Queens, and even in the Bronx, where the subways don't go, you usually have dollar vans filling in, filling in those gaps. Um, and, you know, uh, most, most of the time, dollar vans, the drivers, they come from the same community where they're serving. And in Brooklyn, you know, there's a huge uh, community of folks from the from the West Indies or from the, the Caribbean. So Jamaicans, Trinidadians, people from St. Lucia, um, a lot of folks from Haiti, yeah. uh, they, they dominate the dollar van industry sure. in Brooklyn and in Queens. Um, but then in Manhattan, uh, as well as other parts of Queens, you have dollar vans that are run by the Chinese community and their, their lines basically are bridging people between the three Chinatowns. Is a Chinatown in Brooklyn, one in Queens, and one in Manhattan, and that whole circuit is dominated by folks from the Chinese and Chinese American community. But overall, they, all these systems, they operate the same way. Um, they're cash only right now, and the drivers are all entrepreneurs and, and small business owners. So you know, much like me and you, they, you know, they're trying to just live the American dream and grow their businesses the best way they can. For sure. What makes a dollar van different from a taxi? Um, so the, the main thing that makes some, a dollar van different from a taxi is that uh, dollar vans are high capacity vehicles. So usually they transport 15 to 20 people in one, you know, in one vehicle. And they're also on fixed routes. So just like a bus, they operate the same route every single day, and they rarely, if ever, veer away from that fixed route. Um, unlike a taxi, which usually only seats about, you know, two to four people, um, and is also delivering you door to door, dollar vans operate very differently. And they're, and they're also much cheaper. And, and how do they obtain these routes? So the routes um, historically have, you know, they've, they've been created and like, I guess, uh, followed through word of mouth and through habit in the outer boroughs. Um, but since 1994, when dollar vans became a legal business in New York City, the way to properly create a new route is to get um, authorization to start a new route uh, through the Department of Transportation. So re- there is a formal process that you'd have to go through to get a new route created and um, standardized within New York City. Um, and the Department of Transportation is the main regulator that that controls that. But over the last thirty years, the same routes have been around, um, and and these routes were created like in the nineteen eighties. And back then, before dollar vans were a legal thing, you know, it, I think it was just through through guys just having like their ears to the ground and knowing where people wanted to go, is how they created the routes that are now in Jamaica Queens. Uh, you you got the the Guy Brewer route, the Q five, the Q three. Um, these are the names of the routes. And in Brooklyn, there is one called Flatbush and Utica because they operate on those specific avenues. But ultimately, that's where a lot of people congregate because you have commercial corridors on those streets. So tons of different shops, restaurants, places of retail. You have a lot of foot traffic. So I, I believe over, over the years, the dollar vans just flock to those avenues because that's where you'd have a lot of people you know, wanting to move around. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the history of the routes.
0: So would you say like some of the routes are like grandfathered in? Like people have had the routes for a long time, and they just continue on those routes. And the other people who come in new to the new to
1: the business kind of just fall in line. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. You know, with with dollar vans, especially um, on the streets, when you're when you're working with other drivers, there's a lot of history behind who works on which route, and you know the the unwritten laws. <laughs> Right. So you got to know the game a bit and school right. you to the game once you, once, you get on, once you get on the route. But um, yeah, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of folks who've been doing this business for you know years, if not decades. So um, people have a certain level of territory uh, to, to the routes and it, it definitely behooves you to understand those things before you get into the business.
0: Got you. Now, is there anybody regulating um, the routes or did do, do, the do, do dollar van community kind of police itself?
1: You know, there's I'd say there's two levels of regulation. First is the level within the dollar van community where the drivers are policing themselves and, you know, um, trying to maintain some level of of uh, of order and, you know, justice, so to speak, <laughs> you know, because there, there is a level of territory um, that's going on. But the true regula- regulation is happening at the city level, where the TLC, the Taxi Limousine Commission, and the DOT, the Department of Transportation, are the two entities that um, provide the permits and the licenses that govern the dollar van industry. So legally, you got to you got to talk to them. But then once you're on the route, you know to know the, the rule, the unwritten rules. You de- you definitely have to understand who are the other drivers and the the fleet owners that are part of the industry, you know, and that's, that's the governance that's happening on the street level.
0: Got you outside of New York city. Are there any other cities where dollar vans are popular?
1: There's a lot. Okay. Um, And this is, this is the reason why I'm so excited about dollar ride and the the technology that we're building and what we're trying to do in the communities, because, you know, dollar vans are a phenomenon that has happened all around the world. And, it just so happens that here in New York City, we have it, and we call it dollar vans, but all around the world, in, in almost every major city, there's some form of informal transit. So in, in Miami, um, dollar vans, so to speak, are actually referred to as jitneys, and they are um, you know, completely run and, and driven by the Haitian and Cuban community down there, but they operate the same way. There's fixed routes. You know, it's all word of mouth driven. The driver is blurring, you know, soca music or <laughs> <laughs> or some dance hall. Right. You know, or, you know, or, or, or Cuban music. And, and that's what the people come to love and appreciate about that particular service. Um, in, in San Juan, Puerto Rico, they call them publicos. And there's 3,000 publicos in San Juan. It's a huge thing. Um, and, and of course, you know, it's run by the community of Puerto Ricans there. Uh, but you know, you can find dollar vans or jitneys or some form of this mass informal transit in Jersey city, Baltimore, Chicago, LA, Houston, you know, I, I, my theory is that anywhere where there's a hood and there's a a population of people who are also immigrants, you're probably going to find some semblance of, of informal transit. Um, but I, I think in, in the, in the United States, we have these things as remnants of what we find as transportation, as, as uh, public transit in our home countries. So, you know, like I said, my family's Nigerian, but in Nigeria, our form of dollar vans are called Donfo buses. And it's the same operation. There's there, it's, it's just a whole bunch of hustlers, a whole bunch of entrepreneurial guys who bought their own mini buses And they congregate along fixed routes, picking up and dropping off people for the equivalent of a dollar. And in Ghana, they call them trotros. In Nairobi, Kenya, they call them uh, matatus. Uh, In Tel Aviv, Israel, they call them uh, uh, sheroots you know, jeepneys in the Philippines, I can go on and on, but <laughs> it's dope. you know, this is, this is, this is the way of the world, you know, in, in, especially in the emerging markets. So, um, you know, my vision for dollar ride, my tech company is to unify these informal transit systems and make them more transparent and accessible to people through the smartphone. So, um, we're starting out in New York city where I, I, I know it like the back of my hand, but for sure, we're gonna be in other cities in the in the in the years to come.
0: Got you. So typically um the owners of these dollar vans, is it like usually one person who owns multiple vans, or is it like a lot of
1: individuals who own vans? Like how does it usually work from what you've seen? From what I've seen, it's a mixed bag, you know. So there are definitely in New York City a few dozen uh operators or fleet owners who have five, 10, 20 vehicles, you know, in their lot. And they ultimately will rent those vehicles out to drivers who may not have a vehicle, but needs one in order to, you know, uh, uh, join the industry and, and start making money. Um, but then there's a lot of drivers, you know, I would estimate easily 30 to 40% of the drivers own their own vehicle. And um, they're just operating their own vehicle like it's their business, and you know, they, they cover their own expenses. Uh, you know, they try to keep their vehicle up to date and maybe replace it from time to time if uh, they need to upgrade. But, you know, they own their own asset in that vehicle and they, they operate it just like any other business. Got
0: gotcha. you. Do you know around how much the, those, the dollar vans cost,
1: like roughly? Yeah, they, most of the time people are buying them secondhand and you can buy a dollar van. uh I mean, at the cheapest rate, around $5,000. Uh, but to get you something that is like, that you know, is going to run well, and, you know, has all the tires and everything it needs. You know, you could probably look at one for about eight to 10 grand That that'll get you in the game pretty easily.
0: Got you. Got you. All right. So let's talk about dollar ride, man. How does dollar ride come in and I guess organize and disrupt this industry that's been around for so many years already, you know, running and doing what it's been doing. It's, It has its own legs. How do you come in and and, and organize this thing?
1: Sure. So, well, I I first, you know, wanted to start with with first principles because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to have a theory about the world that drives the action for your business and for your team, you know, a true north, so to speak. And with Dollar Ride, you know, I I did a bunch of research before I, I started the company you know, I had worked with my uncles to, to better understand what customers and passengers needed, and then I, I ended up interviewing like fifty drivers before we launched to better understand what they needed. And you know, some of the things that I learned that shaped what Dollar Ride is now, um, you know, is the following: one, in New York City, over one hundred and twenty thousand people take Dollar Vans every single day, but there are six hundred thousand people who live in transit deserts. So that represents a huge gap and, and therefore opportunity to for dollar van drivers and maybe a company like Dollar Ride to build a big business. Because you have 120,000 people who are already taking the service, but 600,000 people are still unserved uh, and still have a desperate need for transportation. So my goal with Dollar Ride is to um, partner with dollar van drivers and redistribute them around this city so that they can pick up those other passengers. Essentially, I, I believe we can grow the dollar van market by five times its current size because there's five times as many people who live in transit deserts who don't have access to a dollar van or can't rely on the city bus or don't even have a subway within a half a mile from where they live. So to me, this is an opportunity for dollar vans to meet that, that gap that public transit has left. Um, and then the other things that I learned just by doing research and, and working with dollar van drivers over the years is that more than 90% of passengers have smartphones. Uh, more than 80% of passengers use apps like Square Cash, Venmo, and Facebook, and Twitter, and Instagram. So they, they are already familiar with the types of technology that is part of a ride sharing service like Uber or Lyft where you're sending payments to the driver to pay for your fare. So, um, you know, to me, these are the ingredients of a more, uh, transparent and sophisticated dollar van system that can scale to the needs of our population. Um, so with dollar ride, we're, we built a product that helps dollar van drivers earn more money by being able to charge passengers off of their credit card or their debit card. But most importantly, we help drivers get access to the new communities that need a dollar van route and where they can pick up new passengers who've never used dollar vans before.
0: Got you. So when you open up more territory, right, how do you control it to where, because obviously more territory, more money, these vans are gonna wanna all try to explore that territory. And like you said, right now, they're already territorial, right? So how do you control it to where everybody is still getting their fair share and everybody's
1: able to eat. That's a great question. You know, uh, philosophically, I believe that the drivers and the community they are they have more than enough tools to govern themselves. So, you know, I want to. I'm trying to just empower them to do it effectively. Uh, you know, my, in fact, I will tell you a really quick story. Um, at one point, a few years ago, my uncles told me that. The borough president of Staten Island actually invited them and a few other dollar van fleet owners to uh, do a tour around Staten Island to encourage them to come to Staten Island and to deploy dollar vans on the borough. Um, if anyone doesn't know, Staten Island is a community of about 600,000 New Yorkers, most of whom um, can't really rely on public transit because there, there aren't subways in Staten Island. And the bus system is really, really sparse, you know for lack of a better term, it's terrible like you know it's the you you can't really take a bus all around Staten Island, so a lot of people are either car dependent or they're just shit out of luck so the borough president was trying to encourage the dollar van community to operate there so that there there'll be more public transportation available. but the dollar van drivers and the and the and the the larger owners ultimately decided that they couldn't really work in Staten Island because there was no guarantee that there would be passengers to take the vans and, and to operate on these new routes. And when I, when, I, when I dug in deeper to understand, like, why did you need a guarantee? My uncles and, and, and the other operators, they all told me that in this type of business, because it's cash only, you know, every minute you spend in a new area trying to promote yourself, is a minute lost where you could have been making money on Flatbush right. or on Utica or on in Jamaica, Queens, where you know there's passengers there every single day. So that made me realize that there needs to be some other mechanism for promoting dollar vans that isn't on the, on the dollar van driver's shoulders. You know, we wanna take that burden off of him so that all he needs to do is focus on driving, picking up passengers and delivering a great service. So for Dollar Eye, what we do is we, we do the marketing for the driver and we make it easier for them to govern themselves. So when we find a specific neighborhood that needs better transportation, we take it upon ourselves to put up the money and the resources to do marketing on that neighborhood. And, and we create the route that we know will be effective for transporting passengers and providing the driver with enough income to warrant his time Um, a good example of how we've done this in Queens uh, I basically um, provide a service to uh, uh, businesses and local government agencies where they will pay for dollar ride to create a new route in a specific neighborhood and then once that route is created we promote that route to uh, employees of that business as well as to the local community who lives in that area So now essentially the business is paying dollar ride to create this new route, but then we make the route accessible to everyone in the area. So here's a model where the promotion and the creation of this route doesn't fall on the shoulders of the dollar van driver. It comes from some other business, but ultimately the entire community is able to enjoy this new route and get get access to a new transportation service via dollar vans. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Um, so because this is a, a, a two-sided marketplace, right? You have the dollar van operators and then you have the 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 people that you want to expose to the dollar van industry. How are you going about as far, right. like how are you going about getting the word out to these two sides of the market?
1: Sure. So with dollar van drivers, we meet drivers where they're at. You know, there was times over the last couple of years where I would literally spend several hours every single day for weeks on end, on Flatbush Avenue, on Utica, at Remsen, like anywhere where there's a dollar van route, I'd be there talking to drivers, showing them the app, introducing them to the idea of using an app to build and to grow their business. Um, So that's one level of it in terms of recruiting drivers. We just go and meet drivers and talk to them. Another level is working with the fleet owners or the operators. Essentially, whenever you work with one operator, you, you could get access to dozens of drivers all at once. So that's one, may, that's one way we've been able to grow Dollar ride really quickly. We've partnered with some of these operators and they've basically given us access to all of their drivers. Um, but I think really the most effective way of, of you know, getting drivers to work with us has been showing them the money you know, literally putting them in the opportunity to make more money through Dollaride. Um, I've done this for the last couple of years where uh, the la- over the last two years, there's an organization called Kwanzaa Crawl, um, and it's run by these two, uh, these two sisters, these two um, super smart, very entrepreneurial black women uh, in Brooklyn who on the first day of Kwanzaa, which is the 26th of December, they run a borough-wide bar crawl where in support of Black-owned bars, they organized like 4,000, 5,000 people to do a bar crawl, visiting these Black bars, buying drinks, having a good time, and ultimately generating over $100,000, I think over $150,000 each year for these Black businesses. They've been doing this for like, I think four or five years, but over the last two years, they, they hired me and Eye to um, organize dollar vans, transporting people in between the bars. So on this one evening, we would transport, you know, 800, 1,000, 1,200 people. And by that, by doing that, we are now exposing more people to dollar vans and how they operate, as well as Dollaride as a technology company, all in support of local black owned businesses. So, um, here's just like another mechanism that we've used to expose people to the dollar van service and, uh, more importantly, put more money in the, in the pockets of dollar van drivers without dollar ride, that would have been an event that they would have never known about or been able to participate in. So, um, ultimately we are just trying to do more and more of these things, you know, put these assets and the drivers who own them, uh, to work and essentially give them more, more money in their pockets.
0: Got you, got you. and how many um vans do you guys have on the platform now?
1: Right now we have over two hundred vans and drivers who signed up uh, We're only about two and a half years old um but yeah the I've been really how can I say like uh, I'm surprised at the at the response that we've gotten um you know from the dollar van community there's definitely a lot of people who are who are with the cause and you know, we want to see us succeed. And I think the best thing is that, you know, word of mouth is starting to spread. A lot of drivers are introducing the app to other drivers. And, and now the, the whole flywheel is starting to take place where we're growing faster than our marketing efforts, you know, would have, would have expected us to. So um, I'm sure by the end of this year, we'll probably have, you know, 300, maybe 400 drivers considering how fast things are going right now.
0: Got you what do you think has been your biggest challenge in building a business so far
1: that's a great question um, I think besides my own patience uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know because you 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 feel like you want to be at step 10 where you know you got to crawl before you walk um, so I'm, I'm very impatient about how quickly we, we need to operate and things that we need to do but um. You know, I'd say the biggest challenge really is um, perhaps working with the regulators, with the DOT and the Department of Transportation, the the TLC. Um, Unfortunately, dollar vans or or commuter vans is, is how they refer to us, are a very, very small part of New York City's transportation ecosystem. So when you think about like, how the TLC or the Department of Transportation has to allocate their resources and their time. You know, they have taxi cabs, the yellow cabs. It's like 80,000 yellow cabs. Then they have Ubers and Lyft. There are, I don't know, over 100,000 of the Uber and Lyft drivers now. And then they have the city buses and the subways, all of whom transport millions of people every day in, in aggregate. But then you have dollar vans where is about 500 legal drivers. And like I said earlier, 100, 100, a little bit more than 100,000 daily passengers. We are a small number compared to the larger number of people who are, tr- are, being, who are moving about uh, throughout New York City. So, you know, long story short, the, the, the city just doesn't put enough resources into protecting drivers and making sure all passengers are safe. Um, they don't have enough uh, people doing enforcement on the road to make sure that the legal drivers are getting their fair share of the market and that the illegal drivers are uh, you know, being shown the way to legality and, and, and given uh, the right you know, tools to become compliant. So the lack of resources going into the dollar industry makes it hard for drivers and even for a tech company like us to expand as quickly as we want to. So I think that's the thing that's been a bit challenging, but, um, you know, it's not something that I think is gonna really stop us. And there's definitely ways to get around those challenges and to persevere. But, um, you know, hopefully things will get better over time, especially as more people start using dollar vans.
0: Got you, got you, got you. And this isn't your, your your first rodeo, right? I mean, you've been an entrepreneur for, for quite some time. Um, let, let, let's talk about your 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 history a little bit, because you you've had other businesses as well, right? You've been involved in some other startups. That's true. Talk talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, my um my last startup was uh, a company called We Did It, and this is the first technology venture that I had ever run. But it's it's the, it was the second company that I had that i had built. Uh, but in the tech space, We Did It was a Fundraising platform for nonprofit organizations. So we built a software product that nonprofits would use to raise money online. And the way to really kind of understand what how our clients use the product was: uh, if you think about your local zoo, like the Bronx Zoo, um, you know the Bronx Zoo, which is a nonprofit organization, they would raise money through events uh, as well as Selling memberships to the zoo, like the family membership or the annual membership plan. So our product created systems that made it easy to manage those types of programming. And whenever someone would buy a, subscri- a subscription or a membership, we would get a cut of that membership. Uh, and also the the nonprofit itself would buy a subscription to our software. So um, we had multiple revenue streams in that business. Uh, we also facilitated crowdfunding and um, ticket sales to events and other, you know, mechanisms for fundraising for nonprofits. But overall, that was uh, a really um, interesting and um, I'm glad to say successful venture that I was able to, to be a part of. I uh, I started it in in um, in Bushwick, uh, right from my apartment with a co-founder of mine. We were living together. And uh, literally right from our, 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 our couch on our, in our apartment, you know, we, we started the company and ended up hiring uh, a person to help us with building the product. That guy became our co-founder our, and our technical co-founder. And over eight years, we built the company from the ground up and, and ended up uh, selling it last year in June to another business called the Allegiance Fundraising Group. So um, I was blessed to see the full circle of starting a company from the ground, from the ground up, building it, scaling it, you know, growing your team, raising capital from investors and eventually being able to get acquired by a larger business uh, after eight years of blood, sweat and tears.
0: That's dope. That's dope. What lessons did you learn um, from We Did It that you've applied now into Dollar Ride?
1: Um, well, the first lesson and, the, and probably the most important one was uh, you got to have the best team possible and really focus on hiring and, and partnering with people who um, see the vision and who you can trust and have the complementary skills to make your vision come true. Um, this was something that I probably didn't do as good of a job in my first venture or in, in previous ventures in the past but I think I got right with we did it. And then I, and I, and I definitely think I've gotten right with dollar ride. So, um, you know, an example of that is, you know, if we did it, um, my two co-founders, one was another guy who, uh, was an, uh, an excellent salesperson and, and, and marketer. And he was way better than me at at those skills. So he basically led that entire effort, anything that had to do with sales and even some levels of marketing the company. He just took that whole responsibility off my shoulders. And then the other co-founder was an engineer. He could build the product from start to finish. And he took that whole responsibility off of my mind as well. And as we grew as a company, he hired other engineers. He was able to train them and, and build a whole engineering culture within our business. And because I wasn't an engineer myself and had no idea how to build software, I had to really trust him and, and give him the freedom to build the, the, his side of the business in the best way he could. So, um, you know, those are things that I, those were lessons that I learned that definitely um, made it possible for us to build a successful company. And similarly, at Dollar Ride, you know, I needed a counterpart on the tech side that could just run with the business. Um, and that's the reason why I partnered with a guy named Chris Coles, He's another brother, uh, you know, lived in New York, went to school in New York, um, but more importantly, was a very, very talented engineer and had experience building products, especially with tech startups. So um, he and I are are the the founders of Dollar Ride and and definitely have complementary skill sets where I handle everything on the business end. And Chris is the the mad genius behind the scenes Mm -hmm. building the product.
0: Got you. Speaking of the product, can you just take the audience through exactly how the product works? Because I know we talked about the business model, but step, you know, step by step, what's the experience when you log on to the app? So, you know, from from both sides.
1: Yeah. So quickly, you know, as a passenger, when you log in, um, you're going to immediately see a map and be asked to choose a route. And that basically will give you a chance to select a route that is nearest you. Where you can find a dollar van driver and and basically get picked up to head to your destination. Um, In the app, essentially, you press a button that says pick me up or pair and pay. And the idea here is that you press pick me up if you're near a route, but you aren't actually inside of a vehicle. And when you do press pick me up, the app will show you where you have to walk in order to find the route. And then you can see. In real time, the drivers along that route and how far away they are from you before you get picked up. Um, on the other hand, if you are already familiar with Dollar Vans or maybe you find yourself inside of a vehicle, but then now you have downloaded the app, you can just simply start paying for your fare right then and there. And there's a, a specific button that allows you to do that too. It's called Pair and Pay, and um, basically you can uh, press that button and uh enter in the code that is associated with that particular driver or the vehicle that you're in. And for any driver who's who accepts Dollar Ride, they they all have decals and signage on their vehicle and in the inside that displays that they accept the Dollar Ride app as a payment source and they have a unique code associated with their vehicle. So as a passenger when you enter in the driver's code that will now like pair you with that driver and the money that you pay for your fare will go into that driver's account. Mm. So there's like this mechanism that ensures that the money is going to the right driver and the driver can see you on his app and you can see him uh, at every step of the way throughout the process. Um, And then for drivers, it's actually a lot simpler. Uh, Once the driver turns on the Dollar Ride app, he can see every passenger or potential passenger who's requesting a ride. On the route that he's on and all he has to do is just drive to the location where the where the passenger is at and uh the passenger will take care of the transaction from that point so the driver doesn't even have to really interact with the app it's all everything's just happening in the background but he can see all the passengers along the route in real time as he's driving along the route
0: got you that's dope is there a way for like um a user let's say you know i i take a trip Um, Is there a way for me to like share the trip that I took with another user? Let's say somebody else is going to be coming into town and I want to say, hey, look, this dollar van will be here at this time. This is a trip that I took. Is there
1: a way to like do that, like communicate between users of Dollar Ride? Uh, Good question. Not right now, but that is something that we do have coming up in the in the product roadmap. Uh, So we're going to have a feature where essentially you can share trips with other with other users. Um, But certainly, whenever someone downloads the Dollar Ride app, you can see the drivers that are active and on and on any particular route. So, um, in that scenario that you just mentioned, uh, while it probably would be easier for you to share that trip with that person because you already know them, they could also just download the app That's and true. see. Right, because you know, it's happening in real are. time. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, but. Overall, I, I appreciate the question and the, and the, and the, maybe the suggestion for new features. <laughs> you know, we we want to hear all that stuff. So even if your listeners have ideas, you know, send them our way. We're we're young enough and agile enough to to you know, uh, you know, to change the app according to what the people want.
0: Right. How how can people get in, get involved? You guys are crowdfunding, correct?
1: We are. We are. Okay. So we, we're raising capital right now. Um, There's two ways people can get involved. You know, one, if you're just interested in using Dollar Ride as a service, uh, maybe you're uh, someone who wants to drive or you are uh, someone who realizes that you just want access to better transportation in your neighborhood, uh, you can go download Dollar Ride right now in any of the app stores, uh, Google Play or uh, the the Apple App Store, and you can download the Dollar Ride passenger app. And once you do that, it'll it'll walk you through the whole process in using the app. Um, uh, But if you are someone who's interested in Dollar Ride as a potential investment opportunity, um, you can check us out on Republic, which is a platform that allows anybody to invest in tech startups as little as $100. Uh, We have a campaign going on right now where we're raising money from friends, family members, supporters, and anyone from the community who wants to become a shareholder of, of our tech business. Um, you know, I've, I've run and operated tech businesses in the past, so I'm really bullish and, and confident in the trajectory that Dollaride is on. Um, so I want more people from our, compu- from our community to be a part of this journey. So that's the reason why I wanted to open it up for investors um, and people who, you know, might be investing for the first time, to, uh, to, to check out this opportunity through Republic. Uh, but also at the same time, I'm raising money from VCs, uh, from venture capital firms and other angel investors outside of the Republic platform. And, uh, you know, probably by the end of this year, we would have raised our seed round and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be putting all that capital to, to work, to build Dollar Ride and to expand our service around New York City.
0: Got you, got you, love it. Um, let's talk about some of your entrepreneurial disciplines. I mean, you've built, you know, this is your second business. Um, you you successfully, you know, built and sold, exited another business. Um, talk 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 to me a little bit about you know some of the things that you do to keep yourself on track, um, just on a daily basis. How do you how do you keep yourself organized? Talk talk to me about that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, well, um I definitely use a few tools to organize my day. Um, but then uh, so I'll talk a little bit about the tools, and I will just also talk about other resources that I think other entrepreneurs should um, obtain or or build in order to you know be on top of their game as they try to build their companies or uh, you know execute their ideas. So when it comes to like my tool set, um, Google Calendar for one, everything is scheduled, um, and it's just me trying to be disciplined with my time. Uh, but then I use Trello. Uh, which is an app that has a, a Kanban board, or it's like a visual representation of um, tasks that you need to get done, where well, you can put it in order of like things that are um, to do, things that are in progress, and then things that are done. And that basically helps me organize many projects or tasks that I'm doing in stages that help me see uh, you know, what things um, are still pending or things that I have not yet done or things that are in the pipeline. So, um, you know, for me, because I'm a very visual learner, I use this to just organize all the thousands of things that you have to do as a founder and as an entrepreneur. Um, And I refer to this task board every single day. Um, And then, uh, you know, I use LinkedIn, AngelList, I'd say LinkedIn and AngelList are probably the two platforms I'm on the most. I'm probably on LinkedIn more than any other social networking platform. Um, but ultimately, I'm just trying to make connections to people who I think can be useful and helpful in our journey um, as we build Dollaride. Ride. So um, I always encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn. And then I actively use LinkedIn to search for people that I'd like to hire, people that I want to partner with. Um, people that I want to introduce to Dollar Ride or folks that I think I can be helpful to. So, um, you know, for anyone who's watching or listening, you know, LinkedIn is like becoming the new, in fact, or like the digital resume. So you should always make sure your LinkedIn profile is up to date. I think there's like 400 million people who use it, most of whom are in the US. So if you're in the professional world, you might as well have a profile on LinkedIn because it definitely is is a way to, to, to grow and build your circle. And then with AngelList, AngelList is probably the best platform for hiring tech talent and connecting with angel investors, people who can invest in your company. So um, I have an active profile there and that's where I put a, prof- a company profile for Dollar Ride and my other business, my last business called We Did It. And you know through AngelList, we've been able to hire people, find investors, as well as display our opportunity to the to the broader public. So, um, in essence, use as many tools as you possibly can to just make sure that you are you're, you have your arms open to the to the opportunities in front of you.
0: Yeah, man, I, I gotta say, LinkedIn is a jewel that people sleep on heavy, man. Like, listen, yeah. everybody, make sure you have a LinkedIn account. There, I, I like to always say, like, you know, like Instagram and Facebook, all that is cool for connecting, but when when you're trying to get to the money. LinkedIn is where the money's at.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. LinkedIn Absolutely. is where the money,
0: that's where the money is playing. So if you want to connect on a professional level with people, LinkedIn is where it's at, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was even late to LinkedIn, but since I've started, you know, expanding my network on LinkedIn, I've just connected with so many different people and it's been awesome. So yeah, what he's saying about LinkedIn, make sure you have a LinkedIn page for sure. And, I'm, and a lot of the listeners already do, but if you don't get, get on LinkedIn for sure.
1: Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, I think the, the one thing I can share that's a, a sort of like a hack of mine is um, really like joining as many relevant affinity groups uh, that are all hosted online. Um, a good example of this is like meetup.com. You know, Meetup is probably more challenging to, 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 to use right now because we're, we're all doing social distancing. A lot of people are working from home. But, you know, outside of the pandemic, meetup.com is a platform you can use to find like-minded people who essentially meet up periodically to discuss and work on things that they care about. So there was a point where I would search for um, mobile engineers or people who are interested in web development and I would find people who, or, who organize meetup groups in Brooklyn um, who are black and they wanted to meet up with other people who are also web engineers or web developers in Brooklyn to talk about topics related to web development. And you can do that for any topic, including raising capital or finding a co-founder or generating a new business idea. This millions of people who use these types of platforms just to find other people like you. So once I realized that I would lean on using these platforms to just get myself into circles of like-minded people. Um, And this is how I would basically build a network of folks that I can rely on and I can tap into when trying to obtain resources to build my company. Um, So, you know, there's, there's probably more of that stuff going on now where people are congregating online since we can't meet up in person as easily. Right, and uh, I would encourage listeners to to be aggressive at, at participating in those types of forums, because um, that's how you can really get outside your immediate circle and start, you know, rubbing shoulders with people who can really make a difference for your ventures. For sure, for sure. What about personal development? Are you a reader? I am, but I would say um, more. What's more true is that I'm a listener. So instead of reading books, I, I like books? I'm literally listening to like. <laughs> Five different audio and I subscribe to like fifty different podcasts.
0: Got you, got you, got you. Give <laughs> give the audience a, a, a good a good audio book to go check out.
1: One, one oh, hour life changing for you. Life changing. Um, you know, um, what really got me uh, hooked on entrepreneurship and especially the startup game um, was a book called "Do More Faster." by uh, Brad Feld, and I think, David Cohen. These are the two guys who were uh, founders of um, an accelerator program. And they're also our angel investors, but they're, they're famous for founding a program called Techstars, which is a global accelerator program, they have programs or or cohorts in just about every major city. Um, An accelerator program is like a Three to five month boot camp that entrepreneurs can go through, where the investors of that boot camp, the the, the program in and of itself will invest in you. They'll give you anywhere from a hundred thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars to build your business. But you go through their boot camp of training, where over the course of three months or five months, they teach you everything you need to know about building your tech company. So. Um, You'll go through workshops related to hiring and firing, um, raising capital, how to create a good pitch for investors, um, sales, marketing, operations, just about everything they can possibly pack into a three-month period. And then at the end of the three months of the accelerator program, they put you in front of an audience of hundreds of investors to pitch your business to raise more money. Um, But... So essentially, the founders of this program, of this accelerator program, haven't done this so many times. They've learned, you know, all the different lessons of why founders succeed and fail because they've seen thousands of businesses. So they pack those gems into their book. Mm. So um, the book is called Do More Faster, and it does a great job of breaking down every stage of going from idea to, you know, a full-fledged, fully functioning tech company. So um, I highly recommend the book for the listeners, if, especially if you're interested in building a business that's based off of software or in the tech space at all, you should definitely read that book. It has some great, some great, some great rules and, and lessons and gems to learn from. Um, and then I, I have to give a plug and a big shout out to the, to the dudes at Earn Your Leisure, which is a, a great podcast. For sure. Um, uh, it's, like, uh, it's like a mini school. Um, that's taught by two, you know, two dudes, two, two young black uh, New Yorkers um, who interview guests uh, who are also entrepreneurs and successful in their own right. And they basically use the guests to uncover the back, the behind the scenes trials and tribulations of starting a business, especially if it's in sports, media, entertainment or, or tech entrepreneurship. Um, so a lot of their guests are people who come from the communities that we do, but they have had some level of success and they use their stories through this interview to talk about all the things that, um, were part of their journey, starting from, you know, their idea all the way through getting to the point where their businesses were sustainable and successful. So I highly recommend checking out, earn your leisure, um, through wherever you get your podcast, because it's a great, great resource and entertaining as well as educational.
0: No doubt. Shout to Earn Your Leisure, Rashad and Troy. That's definitely family over there. Those those, yeah, those guys yeah. are doing their thing. They're, they're actually trailblazing away for podcasts and, and they open up a lot of doors. You know what I'm saying? Especially on the financial literacy front. Because we there's a lot of yep. podcasts out there for people that look like us, but it's more so on the entertainment side. You know, laugh, laugh, ha ha, joke, joke. But as far as covering, you know, the stuff that we need to actually grow and progress as in a community... You know, it's not a lot of podcasts like that out there. So, definitely, big ups to them. Um, Very three, three, three to five years. Where do you see yourself, and where do you see uh, Dollar Ride? Well,
1: in, in three to five years, um, my goal is actually to make a couple hundred people millionaires in Brooklyn, New York. But well, let's say maybe Brooklyn and Queens, because a lot of people are joining Dollar Ride from all over the all over the boroughs. But I want to use Dollar Ride as a vessel to create wealth in our communities. Um, you know, in my last company, we did it. Although we were able to exit, and you know, I made money, my 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 co-founders and my investors, we made money. We were the only people who made money. <laughs>
0: right, right. You
1: know, and it takes a village to raise a child. Um, the same thing you can say about building a, a great company. Uh, but when we exited that business, it was really just a very close circle of people who, who were able to come out with a, a nice return. And, um, I had a conversation with my cousins one day and they were like, yo, Sue, like, I'm so proud of you that you were able to do this. Like you, you built a company. We, re- we remember when you were, you know, were just doing this thing back in the day and we had no idea what it was, what was it, what was going to become of it, um, but like, how can we get involved next time? Like, I wish I, I would have known that this was the outcome because I would have invested in you. Right, And that's when it just clicked to me like, yo, like I need to do a better job of bringing my people along with me in this journey, especially if I'm confident that I can bring it to the heights that will make a return for all of us, a financial return. So with Dollar Ride in three to five years, I'm I believe that, you know, this is going to be another venture that, Uh, we'll either get acquired or maybe we can be on our ways to an IPO, you know, some, some sort of liquidity event. And because of that, I want to bring as many people along um, in this ride as possible uh, with the, with the hopes of making a lot of people millionaires. So um, that's, that's my goal within the next three to five years. Uh, Personal goal with, with dollar ride as a business, In five years, for sure, we should be in dozens of of cities around the U.S. And definitely within New York will be um, the primary way people will access dollar vans. Um, So I can imagine 2,000 or more drivers using the app and us having uh, 40 to 50 routes all around New York City where 500, 600,000 New Yorkers should be able to use Dollar Ride to access a dollar van to go to school to go to work to go to the hospital or just to you know go visit friends and family
0: got you where do you where do you plan to go after new york city
1: um it's a it's a toss up and we argue about this <laughs> internally um jersey city is 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 like our neighbor right there right across the bridge yeah but miami has the biggest the next biggest dollar van community mm. so you know, internally, we we've been we've been arguing about, like, do we just go right next door? Because proximity wise, it's easier to operate, right? We all we got to do is just take, you know, the the path train or just take a drive over to Jersey City to work and recruit drivers and to introduce them to the app and all that versus going all the way down south, yeah, to Florida, and working with the drivers there where, I mean, they have like, I think it's like fifty thousand daily riders already taking dollar vans, but you know we're gonna have to hop on some flights (laughs) to start working out there. No doubt. So you know, that's the dilemma. But certainly we, uh, the next city is gonna be another place that already has a dollar van ecosystem, and uh, you know we're just trying to introduce an app that will help them make more money and grow the business.
0: I, I like how Miami sounds, man. That would be dope, es- especially from yeah. an expo- exposure side. You know, I could just already see the dollar rise on uh, uh, on uh, what's the name of that Ocean Ocean Ave and all of that out there.
1: Yeah, it, it'll definitely be a good look. You know what I'm saying? I think you're just trying to party, man. You're just trying to get to a, you're just trying to have some have a good time. But I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you for that.
0: The party's on Dollar Ride, man. <laughs> nah my, I'm trying my, to hit
1: the beach too man
0: listen though Jer- Jersey City def- definitely makes sense though like you're right there Yeah. you know what I mean like Journal Square like that whole area like you definitely yeah. make sense to move into Jersey City but I look at Jersey City as like you know a little brother to New York it's like right there it's, it's not really moving <laughs> to another place it's the same thing almost you know what I'm saying
1: yeah, but as far as yeah, the true. next big move I think I like Miami I like Miami yeah, we do too. We do too. <laughs> if we if we throw a party out there, we, we definitely come along. Holla
0: at me for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right. Um uh, 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 I got I got oh yeah, yeah. One question I wanted to ask. What what do dollar uh van drivers make typically now? Like
1: what, what's the what are they average take home? Yeah, so average take home for a dollar van driver, um, I, I'd say it ranges on the lower end probably around 45k a year, all in cash. Um, But I do know drivers who are making 60 to 70k a year. Um, But with the Dollar Ride app and working with the business, uh, we have seen drivers make at least 20% more. Um, And, you know, I want to knock on wood, but I think that's just the beginning. Um, Because we still have a a bunch of other things in in the pipeline for just giving drivers access to additional revenue streams like advertising Mm -hmm. on their vehicles Mm -hmm. or working with more corporate clients. Um, So for now, you you can expect anywhere from 40 to 60K already in the business, but working with Dollar Ride, you can expect a lot more for sure. Dope, dope, dope.
0: I love it. All right, man, listen, we're going to wrap, you know, to show up. But, you know, before you go, we need two things. Number one, we need to let we need to let everybody know where they can connect with you and learn more about Dollar Ride. And before that, we need to give your final thought, your final jewel for the listeners. So start with the final jewel, your final thought, and then let us know where we can learn more about <laughs> Dollar Ride and where we
1: can connect with you personally. For sure. My, my final thought for the listeners is, um, you know, I, I often get the question of, like, how do you come up with your, your business ideas or where, where can I get a business idea that is going to be the next big thing? And, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange question to me because I feel like opportunity opportunities all around us. You just got to be open to them and recognize that as an entrepreneur, your, your job isn't to find a good idea. Your job is to um, make someone else's life easier. It's to solve a problem for them. So my whole trick really, and it's not even really a trick, it's just like a philosophy is, you know, if I wanna build a business, I need to get closer to the people. Like get out of your house, get out of the office and go talk to the people around you in your neighborhood and in your community and learn what, what are the issues that people are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. When you get close to people from that perspective, you'll start identifying, the issues that they have that could be solved with some new solution, uh, or, or product or service that maybe you can provide. So that's, that would be my, my, my tip for the listeners. If you want to look, if you want to build a business, look at solving problems for the people around you. Um, and then, you know, for, for people who want to link up, uh, the way you can find me, I'm on Twitter as the Susani. Uh, and, on, and on, on IG as Susani Tsunami. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for Dollar Ride, if you want to follow Dollaride, follow our journey, uh, or even uh, decide to invest, we are at Dollar Ride on all different platforms, Twitter, Facebook, uh, uh, LinkedIn, and IG. Um, and then again, to, to find out more about the fundraising campaign, you can go to republic.co and search for Dollar Ride, or just go to our website, DollarRide.com, and you'll see the link in the banner to, to check out the campaign.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Great advice, by the way, great advice. I hope y'all were listening and y'all took notes on that one. Sue, thank you so much, brother. This was dope. This was a really, really dope interview. Um, I appreciate you know your time. I know you're busy. You have a lot of things going on. Um, so I, I really appreciate you joining me today. Um, I think the audience got a lot of, out of this. Um, and I want y'all to definitely follow up. Go check out Dollar Ride. Go check out what Sue is doing. Um, this, this ain't this, this brother's first rodeo. You know what I'm saying? He's done this before. You know, he's proven. So, um, you know, I definitely wish you much success. I'm going to check out, you know, more about Dollar Ride myself and open up my wallet. You know what I mean? Because I'm definitely interested. I know about these dollar vans. I, I, I know what you're doing. You're on to something because it's definitely an industry that, need some type of organization and somebody to come in yeah. and put some structure around it. You know what I mean? So I think what Absolutely. you're doing is dope, man. And, and congratulations on all your success
1: so far, man. I wish you the best in the future. Thank you, Ramel. And I, I appreciate being on the podcast. Uh, for one, we need more and more stuff like this. So please keep it, go- keep it going. Keep doing this. Uh, the community needs this. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy just to be a part of the fam. So Uh, Let's definitely stay in touch and let me know how else I can help. No doubt.
0: you definitely Hustle Fam as of today and moving forward. Thank you so much, brother. Listen, Hustle Fam, we out. If you like what you heard, it's only going to get better. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to learn or hear more about. Till next time, love is love. Truck and Hustle.